You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, perfectly pumped pub problem punchers. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 251, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and along with me, are our crazily crafty cranial cream puffs. I'm Colin. And I'm Chris. All right. I I just want to start today's show with a quick shout out to Leslie, who now lives in Seattle, who we're recording now at like 9.30 p.m., six Mm -hmm. hours ago, who uh, recognized me at the airport at SFO. (laughs) Yes. I was at San Francisco for work, uh, for a work trip, and we were on the same flight back to Seattle. My husband FaceTimed me at the airport showing me the dog sleeping. (laughs) And then he says, hey, I got to go. I'm like, you called me. I got I got many more important things to do right now. I mean, I got to go back to watching the dog sleep. I hung up the phone. I was like, well, that was weird. And the person across from me uh, was like, are you Karen? And I go, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and and then she she said that she listens to Good Job Brain and recognized my voice from that terribly embarrassing uh, interaction on the phone with my husband. Uh, Leslie, I I am impressed. Like I mean, I I would ha- I would have to be six hundred percent sure that I know the person. I mean, like on just on that short of a sample. I mean, and you know, yeah. we're you know, there was not a video production that we do here. Uh, Even if but, it's like. Yeah. A famous person. I'm yeah. not even I would, like sure. I would. We were at a restaurant once. We were kids, and like li- literally, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there, and there was like this woman was like, "Do you think that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar?" It's like, yes, yes, it's <laughs> it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It is Kareem. Yeah, that's so funny. My husband also spotted Kareem Abdul-Jabbar once. Well, I guess he's easy to spot. Yeah, that's tall man. true. Tall man, <laughs> even in a crowd. <laughs> oh man so yeah thank you thank you leslie it was uh, such a fun fun interaction and colin we need a boop, 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 update on on your dice game on your game i have that you been just launched so delighted i did i just launched a dice and cards game called bare bones i have been uh absolutely delighted how many good job brain listeners have have gone to our site given us their hard-earned money, bought our game. Uh, we've been packing them up, shipping them out. It's it's really surreal, I have to say, like after working on this thing for so long to, you know, bring it into the world and hold it in your hands. It's it's like having, you know, 500 little cardboard boxes of babies. Well, that's a bad analogy, I guess, but wow. the game is going great. Thank you to everybody who has uh, bought the game. If any of you would like to check the game out, see if you like it, take a look at it. Uh, you can go to barebonesgame.com dot com no s on the end there game code importantly use the code i'm so bad at promoting the code good job brain one I'm word very well trained now uh, after yeah, 10 years use the promo code five dollars off if you use the code good job brain by the time this episode airs uh boxes will already be in people's homes um on their shelves uh hopefully uh playing with their families cool all right well without further ado let's jump a adieu adieu uh, a jump a ado. It's not adieu. It's yeah, it's adieu. not yeah. Further it's, adieu. It, it's adieu. It's okay. like without without further Fuss. doings. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like that. There's the super cut 
of Alex Trebek being Canadian. He, you know, with French words, he's very, very respectful right. of the French pronunciation. So it's like a supercut of him <laughs> saying genre. genre. We say genre. <laughs> the genre. Yeah. <laughs> this genre. It's one syllable when he does it. I mean, that's, the, that's the beautiful genre. <laughs> It's incredible. Uh, all right, pop quiz, hot shot, trivial pursuit, normal version, blue wedge for geography. I got mm. a random card. You guys have your barnyard buzzers. Let's answer some questions. Blue wedge for geography. Which is the only U.S. state capital city with not a single McDonald's fast food joint? Oh my gosh! <laughs> the only I mean, U.S. state. <laughs> capital city city uh, so not only do you have to know the state right right and yeah let's just go the other direction there's gotta be a mcdonald's in sacramento chris right all right so that's one down yeah yeah how what if it was anchorage alaska Ooh. i see what you're going like yeah like alaska i don't or, think that's yeah. the capital that's not the yeah, capital. isn't it's a juno i'm pretty yeah, sure juno. Right. yeah juno yeah. juno oh. it's you know it's one syllable when alex trebek say. says it's yeah. yeah it is not is it's a uh, contiguous okay mm. all right okay, as you guys are thinking I'm, I'm quickly doing really quick research to see if there's a reason for a notable right, right, reason right. or is it just a random that's the fact. thing it's like yeah. is it just a whole thing where they just don't like mcdonald's okay okay so this city? this city also doesn't have oh. a burger king um oh. in terms of Dang. population 7500 okay. people Oh, okay. uh, oh. They tend to favor local businesses over large chains. Uh-huh. It is uh, on the East Coast. Before you throw those clues out, I was going to say uh, Montpelier, Vermont. But, but yes, yeah. oh. okay. what? Okay. How? Wow. I mean, I can see local favoring local stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't know Montpelier was that small. Did you say seventy five hundred people? Hundred. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pink wedge for pop culture, which. Bridesmaid, who was upstaged in the film by Rose Byrne, was herself a serial one-upper on SNL. It's a circuitous way to say wow, who okay. was in the movie Bridesmaids. Who was in the movie Rose Bridesmaids? Oh, right. Goodness. Um, okay. Okay. Is it is it Kristen Wiig? It yeah. is Kristen yeah. Wiig. Okay. All right. Wig. What does that mean? Serial <laughs> one upper. I don't. What? Yeah. What? I don't understand what they mean by that. This like, is too just, clever. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. It's like oh, like because her character, right, with the uh, the who was like the the embellishing character, right? Yes, that... Penelope as <sighs> the annoying Penelope. She oh. invented kayaks <sighs> and made a summer home on Jupiter. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yellow Edge. Which London department store was started by an American retailer in 1909? <sighs> I can name two, and it's one. Yeah, I know, but I guess one. Yeah, right. Harrods. No, the other it's the one. The other one. Colin. Is <laughs> that uh, Fortnum and Mason? <laughs> no. Mm. I, I guess there's a third one. Selfridge. Selfridge, yeah. Selfridge. Okay. I definitely so, heard of them. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Selfridge. Okay. Founded yeah. by an American. Sorry, Selfridges. It's, it's multiple of them. <laughs> uh, many ridges. It's like a Ruffles chip. Purple Wedge, which novel by Emma Donahue, narrated by five year old boy, was made into a movie that snagged the lead actress in Oscar? That makes sense. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. no, I have no idea. Colin. It's just uh, uh, The Room, right? What's the title of this movie? Uh, 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 just Room? 
it is just okay it's just it's just just not the room right yeah it's just room sorry yes definitely not to be confused with the room Mm -hmm. no just just room brie larson yeah right 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 here we go green wedge for science how many people does it take to drive an autonomous vehicle (laughs) (laughs) that was a trick chris please uh zero it is zero (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> flavor text here also known as self-driving cars hmm, autonomous yeah. cars operate without a driver last question on this card orange wedge sports and leisure headquartered in oh god headquartered in beaverton oregon hmm. let's just throw in some guesses now headquartered in beaverton oregon nike corporation which athletic company <laughs> was once known as blue ribbon sports uh-huh. <laughs> Founded in 1964, they changed their name to Nike in 1971. All right, let's do another card. Pop culture to pop two culture, whatever it is. This one I just scanned and it looked hard. That's why I I feel like doing this card might be fun. Okay, Blue Edge for TV. What series follows the exploits of Max Guevara in a bleak Seattle after an electromagnetic pulse fried most of North America's electronics? I'll say that again. Mm. What series, so TV series, follows the exploits of Max Guevara in a bleak Seattle after an electromagnetic pulse fried most of North America's electronics? Hmm. Man, this sounds I don't know. Vaguely familiar. I don't know. Oh, okay. The answer is Dark Angel. Isn't that Jessica huh. Alba? Was that the one? Right. Okay. And Hold that on. was like produced by like James Cameron, right? Is that the one? But I don't know. she was the star of that show. I know. Right? That, maybe yeah. her name is Max. Or maybe her name is Max. That's right. It is. Her name is Max. Ah, <laughs> there we go. Ah, ah, okay. There's no way a woman could be named Max, maybe Karen. Max, it's yeah. not possible. Okay. Uh, pink wedge for fad. How many years is a phone number on the U.S. do not call registry off limits to telemarketers? Huh. I didn't even know this was, av- this was available. Colin. Mm, seven. Lower. Chris, hazard a guess. Five. Five. It is five. How many years? Yes. I, I don't know if it's currently <laughs> five, but. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yellow wedge for buzz. What world leader, according to longtime mistress Parasula Lampsos, claimed his favorite Sinatra tune was Strangers in the Night? Wow. What? One more time? What, okay. Uh, sorry. What yeah. world leader? World leader. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. According be, to yeah, his all right. longtime yeah. mistress yeah. Parasula Lampsos, mm-hmm. claimed his favorite Sinatra tune was Strangers in the Night. I'll tell you before I saw the answer. I mean. I, my okay. guess uh-huh. was Marcus. Ferdinand Marcos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ferdinand Marcos, because, you know, as we talked about, singing Sinatra in the Philippines and karaoke is like a big. Good guess. A oh. big thing. <laughs> yeah. Good guess. Good guess. But it is not. Strangers in the night. Okay, go for uh, it. Saddam Hussein. Yes, you are cold. No <laughs> way. <laughs> Come wow. On. Da, da, wow. Da, da, da. Thought I was joking. Okay. All right. Good job, brain music. <laughs> what country star has been backed by the Nash Ramblers, Spy Boy, and the Hot Band? Hmm. I feel like Chris would actually know this. Yeah. Seeing this answer. What? Country. country? It is a woman. Okay. Uh, Reba McIntyre. 
It is Emmy Lou Harris. Emmy Lou Harris. Okay. Emmy. Lou Harris. Ah. Emmy. Okay. Well, I can't say that. Emma Lou. Emmy Lou. Emmy Lou. Emmy Lou. Okay. Uh, Green Wedge for, for movies. What actor plays Frank Whitaker, who leaves his wife for the other man in Far From Heaven? Wow, what a deep mm. cut. Okay. What actor plays Frank Whitaker, who leaves his wife for the other man in Far From Heaven? A film. Wow. Damn. I don't, man. I'm going to say, do not know. Okay. I don't know. It I is, don't know if I know this one. I think Julianne Moore is the wife, uh, and Dennis Quaid is the ah. husband. It yeah. is Julianne Moore. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow, good job. Uh, last question. Sports and games. How many consecutive Tour de France did Lance Armstrong win? Ooh. Consecutive. I'll let Colin take a stab at this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot, man. Was it Was it six? Seven. Oh, wow. wow all right good job brains wow that was it that was you know for pop culture that was actually a really hard card all right <laughs> well folks it's our spring season we are in the the full flower of spring and you know what that means allergies yay we're all, we're no, I was gonna, yeah, oh, yeah 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 right no i was gonna say i was yeah we're all like just yeah um no I, what i was gonna say is uh that means that you know generally what follows spring is summer uh and so that kind of got me thinking of like you know usually right and so it was like oh why don't we talk about this upcoming summer that we're gonna have let's have a little episode about summer Summer is now so different. Yeah. Now as a parent. Yeah. Right. Not now. It's not like oh, summer vacation. Yay! It's like oh, God, summer vacation. <laughs> They're gonna be in the house. We. Oh, what are we gonna do with these these people? Yeah, I have to work. Yeah. <laughs> so this week, you guys, just like DJ Jazzy Jeff says, it's summer, summer, summertime. Uh, so I did something recently that I have not done in a really long time, which is I went to the movies. <laughs> oh, um, I bet I can guess what movie you watched. I bet you can guess what movie I watched. What did I see in the theaters, Karen? Dun, uh, dun, dun, uh, dun. The Super Mario Brothers movie. Correct. Yes. Took took the oldest uh, the oldest child to the theaters for the first nice. time in like, you know, three years um yeah three years two of the movies to see the super mario brothers movie and it was great we had fun he pronounced it it's his favorite movie ever i i'm like <laughs> that's that's recency bias um, <laughs> but was it his first time at a in a theater you or know no? his no his first time at a theater was we saw right before right before everything closed we saw onward the pixar movie oh onward, yeah oh i in the theater. Onward. wow great it Chris was Pratt double feature. It was. It's exactly. So the only actor he's ever seen in the theater is Chris Pratt. <laughs> and um got me thinking about um well we're doing the summer episode. Oh, I shoot something about like summer blockbusters. Cause you know, Super Mario Brothers movie was huge. It's the biggest movie of the year so far. Mm-hmm. It's gonna make a ton of money. It could be the biggest movie of the year, period. Who knows? It's been it's doing incredibly well. So it got me thinking about the classic, the summer blockbuster. Uh, and so I got myself a list of the biggest, the number one summer blockbusters of every year, you know, going back to the 70s uh, and constructed a little quiz around them. All right. So it's just pretty straightforward. I'm going to tell you about some trivia about a film that was a summer blockbuster. And you just have to guess, you know, what what movie I'm talking about. Are the constraints just that this movie was released it, 
Yeah, in, in it the was summer? it okay. was released in the summer, and of the year that it came out, it was the biggest uh, okay. hit okay. of the summer. Okay, okay, the, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so we'll get you started. Get those barnyard buzzers ready to go, because here it comes. Question number one: Summer blockbuster trivia. All right. Question one. When composer John Williams originally played this film's theme song for director Steven Spielberg, Spielberg laughed and said, that's funny, John, really, but what did you really have in mind? Huh. Colin. It must be Jaws. It is Jaws. Oh. <laughs> Very good. It's like, this is the theme. This is the main theme of, of, of their movie. When I was in uh, second grade, so this must have been 1988, they you know they did like reading groups in second grade where they they assessed all the kids reading levels and then Mm. they kind of had one group of kids come in you know and like like split off from the class like do reading with the teacher and so the first day they did this they split off the one group and they did a thing where they had the kids name their reading group uh, like you know and so (laughs) always always a hazard so i'm in the third group the third group sits down and we find out that the first group of kids had come in and they had named their reading group jaws (laughs) <laughs> and the, the second the second group of kids had come in and named their reading group Jaws 2. <laughs> and thus we were sort of peer pressured by one kid into naming our group Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> which of course was the recent film that had come out, I think, the last year. Now none of these kids should have seen this movie, not for all the you know, but but every but it's like everybody knew all those movies, like whether or not you had seen it. So yes, our reading group is called Jaws Revenge. Um, <laughs> Funny you said that because my parents took me to that to the third movie. Like uh-huh. really worst nightmare being in an aquarium and a shark comes and attacks the glass tank and pokes <laughs> through the glass. I, every time I'm in an aquarium, that's like all I think. <laughs> like not, not sitting in the front row. Not, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Oh my gosh. No well, splash I'm glad zone. I didn't actually see the film. Jaws. Uh, the first summer blockbuster. Yep. Yes. Very, very well known as the number of the first time there was a summer blockbuster movie that was Jaws. Question two. 2014, jumping ahead in time a little bit. 2014's biggest summer blockbuster featured, among others, uh, John C. Riley, Glenn Close, and Benicio del Toro. Uh, okay. Oh. Karen. It's another Chris Pratt. Is it Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> yes, it is Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Wow. Yeah. That's a good featured question. Among others. Um, among yes, others. Very nice. well known. Yes. Well phrased. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The cameos, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, question three. Question three. The biggest summer blockbuster of 2000 was this sequel, sequel, which reintroduced its main character by showing him doing a barehanded free solo climb up a massive cliff in the Utah desert. Oh, all right. So. Oh. Colin. Uh, Mission Impossible 2. Mission Impossible 2. Okay. Okay. Not trying to trick you. All right. Okay. Mission Impossible 2, famously by Tom Cruise doing the stunt himself. I, Um, you know, really? Oh, yeah. I know he does a lot of stunts himself, but like that's free climbing is is hard. Yeah. And that was probably done on helicopter, like not drones yet. I believe so. Yeah. And it's like he had a um, wire harness on him that they kind of digitally removed. But uh, 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 he was still doing it. Like, still doing you know, it. Well, yeah. yeah. Nobody was helping him. Yeah. Uh, it is pretty wild to, to watch it. Um, all right. Question. How about question four? Question four. The original treatment uh, for this summer blockbuster was titled 
Journal of the Wills. Ah. Alan. Oh. Uh, uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, the, the treatment that George uh, Lucas sat down originally and started writing out was titled Journal of the Wills. Here's the first sentence, by the way, from the, the Journal of the Wills treatment that he wrote. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Dear Will. No, uh, W-H-I-L-L-S. All right, here it is. Ready? This is the story of Mace Windy, a revered <laughs> Jedi Bendu of Ofuchi, as related to us by C.J. Thorpe. Padawan learner to the famed Jedi. <laughs> Mace Windy. Mace Windy. Mace Windy. Yep. <laughs> and the, the hero of this film was C.J. Thorpe. Yes. That was the original name, C.J. Thorpe. Hilariously, the C actually stood for Chewy. Ah, yeah. Chewy J. Thorpe. Chewy J. I believe it was the the J may have been a junior also. Okay. Um, Chewy Thorpe, <laughs> space accountant. I'm glad in a galaxy <laughs> far away they still honor the junior senior uh, mm. uh, same name yes. rule. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so um, you know George Lucas went and got that treatment out when he started writing um, Phantom Menace. He went and like reread the treatment, and so obviously this he saw Mace Windy and. Kind of brought that in. Uh, <laughs> I as, love as that much more Star Wars name, Miss Windu, kicking around in his head for thirty five years, yeah. decades. Like ah, I can't believe I forgot to use Mace Windu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question five: This summer blockbuster about an adorable five year old boy uh, debuted on June sixth, nineteen seventy six. That's summer us. That's six six seventy six. By the way. Uh, uh, Karen, is it the Omen? It's the Omen. Yeah, it's the Omen. cute. Nice. Oh, so six seventy six. That was the day they they did previews for it in um in in the UK. And as when the audiences were in the theater in the UK, they saw the movie. And as they're in the theater watching it, they were putting up more posters outside the the showroom, basically that read. Today is the sixth day of the sixth month of 1976. You have been warned. <laughs> because they didn't say like, oh, it's on 6676 to get people in. Oh. They, they they sort of figured people would not notice that. And then, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. then they hit it with them as they left. Yeah, give you something uh, to say up at night about when you get home. Exactly. Question uh, six. In this summer blockbuster... Acclaimed Australian actor Jeffrey Rush played a pelican named Nigel. Oh man, pelican! Karen, it's Finding Nemo. It's Finding Nemo. Yeah. Oh. There you go. Oh 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 oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't Jeffrey Rush dressed up like a bird. It was yeah. not Jeffrey oh, I Rush was not. dressed up like a pelican. <laughs> I definitely cottoned that it was probably like a CG movie, but yeah. Question seven. The biggest summer blockbuster of 1978 was Grease. This Mm. is the musical featuring such songs as (laughs) Grease. Hopelessly, Grease, Hopelessly Devoted to You, uh, Summer Nights, and You're the One That I Want. Okay? Grease. Hopelessly devoted to you, Summer Nights, You're the One That I Want. Of those four songs, only one of them actually appeared in the Broadway musical on which the movie Grease was based. Oh. Wait, say the the songs again? Grease, Hopelessly Devoted to You, Summer Nights, You're the One That I Want. 
Only one of them Only was Only the one of those four famous Grease songs was actually in the okay. musical. Okay. okay. Let's work I this feel, out. So, Colin. Work it out. I feel like it's not going to be Grease. Grease. Yeah. Because that's like the, the pop just, song. It's just that so poppy and cinematic. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, that's what I feel like. Okay, all right. Hopelessly so, Devoted summer, to You yeah, uh-huh. was like a big pop hit as well. I mean, that was hmm. like such a Olivia Newton-John song. Summer Nights is such a, like here, introduce the characters yeah. kind of Yeah, let's go Summer Nights. Let's go Summer okay, Nights. Okay, let's do Summer Nights. You got it. You figured yeah! it out. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. Summer Nights, you're absolutely right. Summer Nights does really set up a lot and put the plot in motion but yeah you're the one that i want the big ending you know that was no? that was added for the movie hopelessly mm. devoted to you i think karen you're right on the money that was added as you know olivia newton john's big single. you know mm, like yeah. single mm. for the movie and then greece of course was the intro song by frankie valley which you know had yeah nothing legal nothing much <laughs> nothing to do with the plot wasn't even <laughs> yeah. in the yeah. so how did the broadway musical end it didn't end with that number? there's a song there's a song called uh all shook up which is okay. very kind of similar ish to you're the got one that it, I want, it. but it's not nearly as uh as infectious. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> badly. The Broadway musical ended badly. It's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird musical. It's a it's much less um there's much more of a plot and a through line kind of, you know, going through um the the movie. Um that's what they kind of narrowed it down, you know what I mean, to the Danny Sandy story. Whereas in mm. the, the the Broadway musical is very sort of a pastiche it's like lots and lots of things happening oh. and lots of people getting their own solos and things like that got it yeah. got it got it got it anyway yeah greece biggest biggest hit of uh, biggest summer blockbuster of 78 uh question eight okay huh. big summer blockbuster from the 90s you probably have seen it you've probably heard of it you've definitely heard of it you've probably seen it but can you name it based on the names of its three main characters? Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> Those names are, maybe you can, maybe you can, I don't know. Uh, Molly Jensen, Sam Wheat, and Oda Mae Brown. Oh. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> that is ghost. That is ghost. That is <laughs> yeah. definitely ghost. I, it was not until you got to Oda Mae Brown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Little... yeah. Strong she was performances. So good. Yeah, Oda yeah. Mae Brown. Oh my god. Fine. Okay, so the last got the last question okay. for you folks. It's the last question. Uh, speaking of, we're, we're going to stay on ghosts. Let's talk about 1984's um, biggest summer blockbuster, Ghostbusters. All right. Mm. Piece of trivia that <laughs> I learned while I was making this quiz: Ghostbusters. The likeness and personality of the ghost character Slimer ah. were actually a deliberate homage to this Saturday Night Live comedian. Oh. Uh, Karen. It's got to be John Belushi. Yeah, it is John Belushi. Really? Animal House and, John Belushi yep. kind so of. So basically <laughs> Slimer was, was based on, you know, John Belushi had passed away in 1982. So basically... Mm. You know, just before they were making this film, very close with Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, right? So, I mean, yeah. they basically based uh, Slimer's look and oh his sort God. of gluttonous personality on John Belushi and his character Bluto from Animal House. Whoa, really? You know? Wow. Right. Yep. Go back, take a, a second look at, at Slimer and his face, and there's a little John Belushi in there, basically. <laughs> wow! I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to. Yeah. I'm gonna have to uh, watch that one with my daughter. She's uh, she maybe is getting old enough that she might appreciate it. It's oh, not, no. it's not yeah. super scary. The it's librarian scene is so scary. You know what? She's she's kind of a rock. She likes to be scared. She's she's yeah, a yeah, kid who likes do. a little bit of thrill. Yeah. If you get through that, mm-hmm. just that kind of that first sort of jump scare at the, at the beginning, it's it's not 
that frightening. Ah, all right. I'm going to watch for the yeah. Belushiness of, uh, of the Belushiness <laughs> of Slimer, <laughs> a memoir by Belushosity. Colin yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guys, if you were to name a drink of the summer, like a summertime drink, what would uh, it be? Lemonade. Lemonade. 100%. Lemonade. Yes. Do you actually drink lemonade during the summer? When I was a kid, for sure, I did more. Mm-hmm. Um, like, did you make it at home or do you order it? Like, do you drink I, it out of a can? I remember making lemonade at home with my dad literally one time like one time we I mean, we, we we did we had we had actually a lemon tree on our property oh, okay. like not from concentrate out, in, out okay. in the alley and yeah not the alley but like on the side of the house and it you know it didn't put out really robust lemons but it was one of those things one summer it was like super hot and like i was there and my dad was there and one of his friends was over one of us just said kind of casually joking like oh we should make some lemonade it's really hot and my dad's friend is like let's make some lemonade so my dad's like yeah let's make some lemonade so we we pulled the lemon lemons off and went inside and squeezed them up and add the sugar, you know, a little back in the end. Like it was just one of those things like, this is not worth the effort. <laughs> like even at <laughs> like, even at like eight years old, I was like, I like, I, I was so much more comfortable 20 minutes ago than I, than I was now, even with right. this. I'm lemonade. sweating. Yeah. I had to go pick lemons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I just made the lemonade and it's not even cold, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 A couple episodes ago in our good morning brain episode which was all about morning stuff i blew my own mind and hopefully everybody (laughs) else's minds when i looked into why do we drink orange juice in the morning Mm -hmm. because you think it has vitamin c it's healthy for you it's an ancient tradition you know like (laughs) turns out it was a an advertising ploy right orange got the morning slot and lemons got the afternoon lunchtime (laughs) slot i've always had a question when i came to america because i didn't understand it i just made a a reasoning for it in my head is the phenomenon of pink lemonade Mm. what is the difference between pink lemonade and normal lemonade Mm. for for people who are outside of the u.s i don't know if you guys have pink lemonade as well but it is pink lemonade (laughs) i mean is it the same is it how is it different how do what do you think is is the difference as a kid i i was always baffled by this as a kid like in my head i think i just decided that like pink lemonade was i don't know like tartar or more tangy or something but you know i just convinced myself of whatever i needed yeah i can never get a straight answer from the grown-ups i'll be honest with you yeah i don't know if it has a different flavor because you see it in candies too right you have pink lemonade flavor and there's lemon flavor like what's the difference yeah in my head i thought it was the species of lemon pink in flesh Mm. like ruby grapefruit or blood orange orange and it's just a special Ah. type of lemon Mm. that maybe has an extra colorant Mm -hmm. in the fruit a lot of people think there's like berry or cranberry or some sort of like other juice added to it there is zero difference. It yeah. literally is just colored pink. Yeah, okay. it makes, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. There are two competing origin stories here. Oh. Both stem from the circus. <laughs> One is a circus worker was making a batch of lemonade and dropped a cinnamon hard candy. All right, false. Very uh, already false. Like any, any of the origin stories where it's like, accidentally, <laughs> not, no, yeah. false. But yeah, no, like I don't believe <laughs> right, it. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> the other story 
is a little bit more colorful, haha, <laughs> color, uh, uh, colorful and slash gross. A circus worker who was making a big batch of lemonade, uh, he ran out of water. It was too popular. It was too hot outside. He needed to make more lemonade. So what did he do? He took a tub of water that was used to rinse the circus horse riders tights so 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 hold on let me, let me rewind okay the circus uh-huh. there are people who ride horses or do tricks yes. on on mm-hmm. you know bareback riding mm-hmm. this lady needed to rinse her tights and her tights were bright red mm. and so she's washing her tights in this laundry water mm-hmm. which then mr lemonade used that water to make his lemonade which is why the lemonade's pink because the water was red from the dye from this person's tights after she wore them. These are the two. These are the two best stories. Yeah. It's like at the risk of uh, contradicting myself here, I'm going to have to say of those two stories, I think the hard candy dropped in is more plausible. And the other thing I wanted to share, you know, when we think of lemonade, we think of like kids selling lemonade, the lemonade stand on the oh, sidewalk, yeah, yeah. and. It has become the symbol for entrepreneurship, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Little kids understand right. how money works, start a business, open a lemonade stand. Like I don't know any other cultures that have that lemonade stand symbol. It, this is <laughs> such a um, uniquely American thing. And it links to one person. And this person, his name is Edward Bach. And he's an immigrant from the Netherlands, came with his family to America, you know, was pretty poor, was definitely a hustler. And he eventually became a, a big time kind of editor for the Ladies Home Journal. So hmm. that's kind of his his big claim to fame. After he found success, he had an autobiography published, and that actually won a Pulitzer Award. And so a lot of people are reading this highly acclaimed book. When he was a kid, uh, he sold lemonade on the streets. Huh. And it was this that propelled this narrative. So it is sort of uniquely American in its origins. Yeah, even, the American yeah. dream. I, I'm so curious if any international listeners, if there is something like a lemonade stand equivalent in yeah. your culture or in your country. Did you guys sell lemonade when you were kids? Again, it's something I did one time. I did my uh, my my friend Justin, uh, the friend who I uh, created Bare Bones, the game no with way. my wife. You guys sold lemonade together. We we did once when we were kids. It was it was the middle of summer, and again we were just we were just bored at you know like like it's hot. Hey, it's like should we do a lemonade stand? Because we had seen it again just in countless yeah. TV right. shows, movies, comics, magazines. I guess we must have ridden our bikes to the store. Did you guys buy like fresh lemons or like? <laughs> No, I mean, we bought, it's so stupid. We just bought like lemonade off the shelf. Oh, like pre-made? Yeah, we just bought like, so like this was our business model was like, all right, well, our business model is no one really cares if it's homemade, right? People just want lemonade. Like we're just about satisfying the customer. (laughs) Between the two of us, we couldn't have had more than like five bucks or six bucks. So we bought some lemonade, took mm-hmm. it back. We, we iced it down and like we got our own cups. We definitely supplied our own cups and we built a little stand and set up and we sold cups of our lemonade with ice for, I don't know, like a quarter. And like we made, I mean, we made money. We made a profit and we're like, oh, it actually crazy. worked. It worked. <laughs> I mean, it worked. Incredible. We st- we set up like right on the corner near like the the city park, just a couple blocks from our house, and it worked. Yeah, yeah so you had our, yeah, yeah, so you had location, you had that foot yeah, traffic, yeah. you know, you were in the right place for it. 
That's amazing. And now you're, and now you guys are, are still trying to get a business going. So <laughs> I promise we did later. not buy this game at the store and then sell it to you. Um, <laughs> no, we, this one we did, we actually yeah. created from scratch. We've advanced a lot in uh, the decades since then. Mm-hmm. Maybe I did lemonade at some point, but it was probably in conjunction with us having a yard sale or so, selling at a flea market. smart. Because I did that because I absolutely, um, mm. I would always be selling stuff at, at the yard sales and flea markets, old toys and things like that. Wait, <laughs> as a kid? Yeah. Then I graduated to, I was buying and selling video games. Because we would buy like Atari games and stuff Whoa. like that. And for like, we'd buy them for like five bucks for like somebody's entire Atari and all their stuff. But then we'd sell games for like a dollar or two each at the flea markets and stuff. Who's like that. we? My brother and I. <laughs> wow. Hustle kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, our parents were selling at the yard sales and flea markets as well. So we were all doing it all together. Yeah. Oh, how cute. Oh, that that's is very, very cute. cute. That really yeah. is. Yeah. Wasn't so cute when we bought <laughs> some ladies' video games from over one end of the flea market, <laughs> marked them up, and put them on the her table. <laughs> and she came, and she came by. The look on her face did not suggest that we were adorable. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping family road trip trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. You're listening to... Good job, brain. Smooth puzzles. Smart trivia. Good job, brain. Hey, this week, it's getting hot. It's almost summertime. We're talking summer. Colin, what's next? 
What smells come to mind when you guys think of summer? When you when you just close your eyes and I just just uh, summer. What what are some of the smells? This is gonna be another one of those Colin quizzes with a title that's like the title of my quiz is Anybody smell that? <laughs> Furiously uh, taking notes over here. Anybody yeah, 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 yeah. smell What's that, that? smell? Yeah. <laughs> What smells come to mind in the sense? Yeah, smell of, uh, summer smell. Coconut sunscreen. Lemonade mm. stands. Oh, mm. I, okay. I, li- I like coconut. Okay. Beach. Uh-huh. Beach. Salty water. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, smell of mown grass. Swimming pool. Beach. Chlorine. Chlorine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen, uh, you and I are you, oh. you and I are locked in because like you've named you've named like the two that are like for me my top two. Like just okay, I close my not... eyes. It's 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 chlor chlorine and and sunblock. You know, just that, just that, it just that coconut. It, it has... doesn't have to be coconut, yeah, but yeah, there's that. just that 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 aroma yeah. of of sunscreen and the chlorine, just like a swimming pool. Just like I can sure. just hear it, I can feel it. I close my eyes, and that to me is just the smell of summer, the feel of summer. I didn't even have a swimming pool. I didn't, my house we didn't have a residential pool at my house, but I did, however, grow up in Los Angeles, as you both know, uh, which is practically the land of the swimming pool. Uh, just a, a dizzying number of swimming pools in LA. I didn't have one, but my next door neighbor had a pool. The family across the street had a pool. My best friend down the block had a pool, as did his neighbors, as did that city park that I told you we set up uh, to sell lemonade two blocks away. Uh, there was a pool there. Um, yeah, there are a lot of swimming pools in LA. And there was something that I always liked. I'm going to get a little poetic here for a moment. There's something I always liked flying into or out of LA. I don't know if any of the listeners had this experience or you guys too. Of you look down? You look down yes. and you see all this little swimming pools in yes. LA. Just these little, just the flecks of blue and blue green. And you're like, there's so many of them. And it's mm. it's gorgeous in a like way. little blue and beans. Several years ago, I was reading an article in the uh, LA Times. Wait, what's the title of your segment? We're still <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just I'm just about to get there. Like I, I'm, I'm let- oh really? Oh okay. That was all the cold. Okay, open. okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Several years ago, I was reading an article uh, in the LA Times, or uh, probably more accurately on the LA Times website, since I don't live in LA uh, anymore. And this this article it was talking about a, a, a an artist and a researcher named Benedict Gross. And it was talking about how he had had the exact same thought that I have had many times on the airplane, which is, I wonder how many swimming pools there are in LA. Oh. The name of my segment is, (laughs) how many swimming pools are there in LA? Um, But so I know this almost feels like one of those lateral thinking challenges, right? Or like the the Google interview question. Jelly bean. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so interested in, are you giving me the correct answer as I am? And how would you go about solving this problem? So so I'll throw it to you guys here as a little fun little exercise. Just Mm. how, how would you go about counting, estimating, arriving at the number of swimming pools in LA. What, 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 where would you start? I mean, can we do research? I mean, can we? Can yeah. We, yeah. Mean, let's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You probably have to um, have a permit to put in a swimming pool. That's like an in-ground Ooh. swimming pool. Great. So I'm guessing you would, you could Thank go you. to mm-hmm. the government and figure out like, maybe if they oh. might be able to give you like a percentage or if you were to take 
you know, a sampling of houses to find out which ones had put in pools, you know, permit wise and then figure out number of houses and figure out your percentage. And you can kind of estimate it that way. That's, that's really good thinking. That was um, the author of, of the article talked about, you know, that, that is in fact one way that uh, Benedict Gross and uh, he ended up partnering uh, with a, uh, another sort of uh, postgraduate student named Joseph Lee. And so they kind of had that thought too. Well, permits, maybe we look at the number of permits now. Yeah. The problem is LA is, you know, not the oldest city in the country, but it's it's an old city and they've had p- swimming pools there for a oh, long I time. See. Some uh, of which predate the modern permitting system. Some of sure. which were probably never permitted at all. Some of those mm-hmm. records may not exist. It may be totally spotty. Um, maybe you could look at you know, water bills, right? I mean, you've got a swimming pool. Oh. Maybe you go talk oh. to pool suppliers, pool cleaners, right? You do a yeah. survey and maybe kind of just sort of do a like a statistical uh, approximation. But why not? Why is the jelly bean approach where if you're flying down and you're looking down and you map out how big greater LA is and you have an aerial view, do a little section of an yeah. aerial view, like from an airplane and be like, okay, out of this block, which has 10 houses, eight of them have swimming pools. And you kind of multiply that, the, the jelly bean that's a, that's, a, that's a great, exactly. A great statistical uh, uh, approach method there, Karen. So so they, they kind of ended up sort of on that vein. In fact, they went you one better and they figured, well, why not just take a big picture from above and count them up? Sort of audaciously. Oh, what, really? So they decided we're going to count from above using photography every pool in the in the LA basin in the LA basin the greater LA area so yeah so here's what they did is they started by getting two sets of satellite photos right I mean they didn't actually go up in a helicopter and take these pictures themselves but they got two 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 sets of satellite photos from from the government uh, from the National Agriculture Imagery Program and they were two overlaid photos one was a true color um, composite photo okay and then the other other was, I'm sure you guys have seen these um, in science reporting or space or agriculture, what they call a false color f- photograph, right? No. So, you know, a false color photograph is often used to uh, highlight or accentuate a particular feature of, of a oh, piece okay. of terrain or something. So, you know, that the color is not real, but it, it helps you sort of visualize how much of something is or what the contrast is between something. So now, again, these are, you know, artists, researchers, you know, students, maybe you got to work on a budget here. They sent them off to a company in India that uh, specialized in photoshopping elements out of their backgrounds to be comped against white backgrounds for things like uh, catalogs or, you know, photo shoots or movies or things like that. Right. So trained, trained in pulling things out of the background. Right. So they, they paid $300 and got these, this massive um, set of photos here uh, outlined. They went through it and they outlined every pool, every swimming pool. They went through and outlined them, pulled them against the background. They reviewed the, the company's work manually just to kind of double check. Then they sent these results. They paid another $350, $350 on Amazon, some mechanical Turk. I know you guys are probably oh, yeah. pretty yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
to basically just a crowdsourcing um, platform to pay people very small token amounts of money to verify this original team's work of finding, you know, you, know, you missed a pool or this isn't a pool. This is just a blue shed. Cleaned it up. Again, grossly manually checked this themselves. Sounds exhausting. And of course, they're pricing their own labor at zero. They got their best, their best estimate based on every pool, at least visible from above in the LA basin. Like they counted 43,123 swimming pools. They now, I mean, you know, it's hard to envision that number. So they they put together sort of the grand output of this project was a uh, a book a multi-volume set called the big atlas of la pools and <laughs> there is one copy of this 74 volume 6000 oh page edition um that contains all of their findings they overlaid on top of this a lot of really interesting demographic and statistical breakdowns of everything from income level. No surprise, it turns out that of the various cities, Beverly Hills uh, had the highest per capita uh, swimming pools in the region. Question. Let's say I live in a house that has a pool in LA. Would I see my pool in this book? If they did it correctly, then yes. And they would even be able to cross-reference it with your your address or you know i mean it's it's publicly accessible data as they got further and further into doing this project they both got a little unnerved by how much data was publicly available yeah. to them to sort of correlate uh, all laid up on top of each other like once you start layering income and voting Whoa. patterns and it really paints a very rich picture of of the populations uh, uh, around greater and los what's angeles what's my privacy yeah 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 mm-hmm. and what's my privacy yeah, so maybe it is better. There's just you know one copy of this um, sitting in um, <laughs> one of their one of their houses somewhere. But it started literally with him on an airplane flying into LA, looking at like, oh my gosh, I wonder how many pools there are out there. So now, just as a little button on this uh, segment here, I have a few a few little bit of trivia nuggets questions for you guys here. But just to close okay. up this article. Oh. This article. Uh, in the LA Times from uh, 2013, I, I swear this article was written by reporter Bob Poole. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Robert. So I got uh, three trivia questions here for you guys about uh, swimming pools that uh, I just uh, came across in some form or another in the course of my research here. Um, so here we go. Let's make this a write down quiz here. Give the uh, pen and paper a chance to shine. Question one, what Western U.S. city has the highest per capita rate of residential pool ownership in the country? It is not it is not L.A. It it is not L.A. L.A. has has more pools overall. But yeah, what what this city, the uh, according to numbers I found uh, in Pool Magazine. Yes, this city, uh, (laughs) 30, 32.7% of the residents of this Western city. All right. Pool Enthusiast Monthly. Pool Enthusiast Monthly. When you are ready. Answers up. 
I have been to this city before. I can I can vouch. There's a lot of pools there. Chris says San Diego. Karen says Ooh. Karen has Karen wrote Phoenix, crossed it out, started to write Scotts, maybe Scottsdale. I'm guessing crossed it out, wrote Phoenix again. Karen, I'm so glad you trusted your gut. It is Phoenix. Yes, Phoenix, <laughs> Phoenix My Arizona. First guess was San Diego, but I was like, oh, <laughs> but they're they're literally next to water. They're mm. literally next to the beach so it can't be like a beachy that's town. a great great reasoning right it's it's it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. phoenix mm-hmm. just very sure. hot of course and also uh rich yeah. <laughs> and landlocked uh, good, so yeah uh yeah. yeah basically a third of the residents of, of phoenix arizona uh own a pool right. um number numbers two three and four however are all in florida which is uh oh, miami okay. miami tampa oh. orlando so yeah maybe the the being close to water far from water um mm. yeah all of those cities over 25 percent of the residents there uh, apparently again according to pool magazine all right number two what u.s president ordered construction of the current White House swimming pool in the 1970s. I didn't even know there was a... There's there's a rich history of this swimming pool, in fact. Uh, Um, Do I go with the Joe blog? Okay. Against the advice of his advisors. His his advisors all told him, please do not do this. (laughs) But he, he did it. He went ahead and did it. All right. Answers up. Karen has written Carter, Jimmy Carter. Chris has written Nixon, Richard Nixon. Neither Ford? of you are correct. Oh. It was Ford dancing uh, around. Ford. Yeah, Ger- Gerald Ford. Yes. Yeah. I did not know this until reading a little bit about uh, Gerald Ford. He was an avid, avid swimmer before becoming okay. president. He would swim hmm. twice a day, apparently, um, like really Whoa. early in the morning. And again, at the end of the day after work, it was just that it just for him, that was how he needed to kind of just keep himself, uh, you know, mentally aligned and physically uh, happy. Um, so he moved into the, the White House. The White House did have an indoor swimming pool until Richard Nixon had it covered over because he didn't particularly. Wow. Uh, yeah, there was an indoor I... swimming pool for, for many years. Nixon didn't like it at all, even though many of his predecessors you know, loved it. Kennedy, mm-hmm. notably others. So Nixon apparently had it covered over. They turned it into uh, you know, just one of the, I believe, like the press office or something like that in the White House. Uh, and so Ford, he was, he was mad that there was no swimming pool in the White House anymore. So he said, I need, I need a swimming pool built. And his advisors are like, they're like, Jerry, you kind of- you're not even supposed to be president. <laughs> You're all about like keeping everything on budget, but he put his foot down. And so very, very pointedly made sure that the public knew there were no public funds used to build the pool. It was oh. all done through. They solicited and got some private donations to finance building for his swimming pool. And of course it would be <laughs> not like he could take it with him, but it would stay at the white house for all future. Is it still there? Uh, resident. It is still there. It's been, you know, it's been remodeled and touched up, but yeah, it's, it's, it's still there. All right, quick one here. Last question, last question. Uh, this is going to be an estimate closest to kind of last trivia question of the evening to solve tiebreaker kind of question. I have never uh, swum in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. My wife has. A, a Olympic-sized pool is uh, 50 meters long, yeah, 25 meters wide, uh, and a, a minimum, it can, it, can, it can fluctuate, but a minimum of two meters deep. How many gallons of water Oh, God. Are there in an Olympic-sized swimming pool? And we're going to do closest to the mark here. 
50 meters long, 25 meters wide, two meters deep. <laughs> we'll see who's... Uh, All right, hold on. The numbers are swimming around above the, the, the people's heads Cubic here. meters. I'm going <laughs> to... Me over and pour me out. How many gallons? If you want to give me liters, I'll do the conversion if it's easier for you. Okay. Chris has written. I said, two, I said 250,000 gallons. Karen. Oh, she's, Karen's got a diagram. This is so Karen. Like Karen has actually what created I a, a visualization. Karen has written 225,000. Yeah, you're both off by, uh, by <laughs> I mean, not an order of magnitude, but at least double here. Uh, the number that I have here in front of me says 660,000 gallons of water. Oh. 660,000 gallons of water, a little bit right. over. How many, how many milk jugs is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That would be, well, that would be 660,000 uh, milk jugs, <laughs> wouldn't it, Karen? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, here's to being the least wrong and counting Ooh. swimming pools and uh, cooling off in the summer heat. Woo! <laughs> hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's triviality. All right. I have our last segment, and I'm actually happy that we're kind of bookending this episode this way. Because Chris started with summer movie blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Shout out, not that he listens to the show, but one of my former coworkers. That time of the summer, every year, he's just like, "All right, what's the official song of the summer? Uh, what is what is this year's the jam?" Billboard has their own of- official song of the summer with data. Okay, it's, it's between this day and this day. This is the this <laughs> is the stream play. This is the radio play, and this is what's number one. So they they take a data approach, and and that's kind of more in the modern time. So. Can anyone guess what was Billboard when it when they first did official song of the summer based on Billboard chart data uh, in 2010? Can anyone hazard a guess? Oh. It is by Katy Perry. Oh, okay. Um, was it 2010? Was that the 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 California Girls song? Yes. Okay. Kind of cool. Even though they started that project in 2010, mm. they started going back every year oh, looking cool. at data within the constraints and be like, okay, this was the song. This was a song. This was a song. And it kind of dates pretty far back. And then it got me thinking, I was like, oh, I wonder what was an early, early, early (laughs) song of the summer. Like Edison Cylinder song of the summer. It's really hard (laughs) to measure what is the song of the summer because it really coincides with, it it coincides with radio. Mm. Because there is a time where when you buy music, it's like, 
sheet music. Right, right. You know, there's no timely, there's no like scheduling. Oh, this is the summer time. Um, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. until like we have radio and kind of music sales that, that, that then you could say, okay, between this time and this time. Yeah. Also, also the the mass culture, like like tying you all together. You exactly. know, what I mean, like, like like trends and fads and yeah. yeah. So I look back. There are a lot of contenders for what kind of was named um, really early on song of the summer. So I'm just gonna share. I'm gonna play here a little bit. <laughs> this is a uh, Billy Murray performs in 1907. <laughs> I'd rather two step than waltz, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather two steps than waltz, Bill. I'd rather two steps than eat. Waltzing is fine, Bill, but not for mine, Bill. It isn't in it with a two step a minute, for there's something about it that's grand, Bill. B O N O B O S. It's so on the nose. It really sounds like it something. Like Bioshock trying, and Yeah, to yeah, parody, yeah. to parody. It's, yeah authentic yes the song of the summer 1907 that's what it sounds like and uh what was the most recent song of the summer do you think this was just last year 2022 Mm. what was the song of the summer according to billboard what was last summer (laughs) what was what time as it was by Harry Styles. I ran out of time for this, but I was like, wow, what if I mash up? I'm not a music producer nor a DJ, but I was like, oh, maybe I can like really quickly learn how to like mash up songs. So I take this two step, I rather two step than Waltz Bill with Harry Styles. Yes. It, it didn't work, guys. I tried. <laughs> It's like, how, how hard can it be to do this? Oh, I'll just real quick learn how to do it. You know, I'll isolate the track. It just sounds like playing two things at the same time. You know, it just didn't... I'll tell you what, it did work. Uh, and this is our last quiz. I, what I'm going to do is I took uh, some lyric snippets of what Billboard defined as the official song this summer in the past couple of years decades i had a summer blockbuster movie trailer voice <laughs> read out the lyrics oh. thanks to ai ai voice that sounds like it. the in a world you know that kind of like right. summer blockbuster movie trailer Fantastic. voice read out lyrics of I mean. some <laughs> official songs this summer <laughs> and then you guys buzz in and tell me identify the song and the artist Okay, you're not going to give us a okay. year or anything. We're just just nope. lyrics. Okay, nope. all right. Song nope. and art. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. so let's, uh, here, let's play the first clip, and this would be summer1.mp3. Seems like yesterday we used to rock the show. I laced the track, you locked the flow. So far from hanging on the block for dough. Notorious, they got to know that. <laughs> that's well first of all that's great i love the voice yeah should we play again let's play it again let's play it yeah again. yeah okay, sure. seems like yesterday we used to rock the show i laced the track you locked the flow so far from hanging on the block for dough notorious they got to know that i mean the notorious uh-huh. they got to know that notorious is it biggie i mean is it uh so that'd be like dig deep Colin, we're all counting is, on you. Is that uh is it uh, I love when you call me Big Papa? So you are right that Notorious Biggie is related to this song, but there is a reason why. Yeah. 
if he is on yeah. the flow, who is on the track? I'll be missing you. Okay. By Puff Daddy. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. passed away. Right. Uh, and this is the song tribute to him featuring Faith Evans, Notorious B.I.G.'s wife okay. at the time, very famously sampling a clip from Every Breath You Take. That's right. By That's the police. Right. That's right. All right. Of okay. Course. Here of we course. go. Wow. Next clip, Summer 2. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Just like me, they long to be close to you. <laughs> that was a fast one. Uh, that was Chris. very good. Uh, the Carpenters, uh, close to you. Chris being the stickler with uh, uh, parentheses. It is parentheses. They long to be, in parentheses, close to you. Oh, nice. By the nice. Carpenters, <laughs> yes. Yes. Number 30. This is number 30. Greatest uh, summer songs of all time. Next up, we got Summer 3. Despacito, Quiro Espera, Tu Culo Despacito, Deja Quiti Digacosas Aloido, Para Quiti Acuidecino Estas Comigo. <laughs> it's wow. so serious. I wish I knew the artist, but I don't. I didn't choose a, a Spanish-speaking one, I'm sure. AI's doing, AI doing a great job. AI's doing a great job. This All is right. a L- right. Luis Fonsi, Daddy uh, Yankee. Daddy Yankee. Oh, my gosh. And then featuring uh, Justin Bieber. Okay. Wow. This is number five. Number five <laughs> on all time list. It's like it just it has no idea what Spanish is at all. It's just it's just yeah. It's yeah. like me <laughs> trying to just read, mm-hmm. read just phonetically. Yeah, read Spanish. Yeah, phonetically. <laughs> all right. Uh next one, uh summer four. As a river flows gently to the sea, darling, so it goes. Some things were meant to be. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> UB40. Yes! Parentheses, I can't help a close parentheses <laughs> falling in love with you. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the one that goes. UB40's version. Very specifically. Not the Elvis Presley version. Not. I associate that song with like just like hotel pools now. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like, it's relatively inoffensive. It's kind of always playing in the background. Like when I'm in my 20s, like, oh, this club is playing my jam. Like in my 30s, like, oh, this, this drive time radio station is playing my jam. In my 40s, like, oh, this hotel pool is is playing my jam. You know, this Walgreens is playing my jam. All right, time for the next one. Song number five. I got that devilish flow. Rock and roll, no halo. We party rock. Yeah, that's the crew that I'm repping. On the rise to the top, no lead in our Zeppelin. No lead. The the song title was uh was in there. Yeah, party rock. Right. It's that was uh uh was that LMFAO? Yes. Oh, Party rocking. All right. And finally, before we play it, I just want to say not only was this the official song of the summer, it was Billboard's song of the year. Um, has won many awards, and I think it's sitting within the top 50 of the highest Mm. performing song of all time. Hmm. So this is song number six. Since you've gone, I've been lost without a trace. I dream at night, I can only see your face. I look around, but it's you I can't replace. I feel so cold, and I long for your embrace. I keep crying, baby, baby, please. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, please. Chris, please. Every every breath you take by the police. See what I did here? Okay. I okay. book-ended with Puff Daddy. Uh, that song famously sampled the police song, Every Breath You Take. Part of the reason for the popularity is because of the sampling kind of created more awareness for this this older police song. I mean, oh, it was sure. it already performed so well oh, yeah. in its time, and then it kind of came it back. It charted again, again, right? I mean, yeah. It yeah. charted oh, again. Yeah. Yeah, Sting is so, like, please, yeah, sample my songs all you want. I'll take those extra royalty checks, yeah. And that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned stuff about blockbusters, how to count the number of swimming pools in L.A., lemonade, and summer jams. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps. And on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like The History of Everything, Tumble, the science podcast for kids, and The Movies That Made Us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I'd rather two-step than Bill, sung by Billy Murray, Edison Records. I know a little lady by the name of Annabelle. She was quite a swell up in New Rochelle. She went to all the parties and the dances too as well. For she was leading lady and the belle of New Rochelle.